Yeah, this guy emailed me and said, uh, hey, I know I don't know you, but can you record the line, huge douchebag for me? Are you actually implying? No. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to tell Ms. Caitlin to keep her preserves. Famous rhubarb pie here. Not here. It's in the hilltop. Which would actually be a really nice name for a bakery now that I think about it. Hello, welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I am Bob Fournier, and joining me tonight, my fellow survivors, underground and secure location to the south, it's the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. Howdy, howdy. How are you? I'm hanging in there. How about you? I'm also hanging in there. I mean, I haven't been putting any dump trucks filled with sand lately, so that's always nice. Yeah, we'll get into that. (laughs) <laughs> also joining us, speaking of dump trucks filled with sand. I don't know. <laughs> Canada's own Ryan Murphy. <laughs> Sorry, just got a little... Yeah, you, right. you all right there? <laughs> they got something in my throat. Uh, yeah, clear it. Clear it. Just clear your throat, Ryan. <laughs> Podcasting 101, mute your mic and cough loudly to the side. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, do you want to hear my weekly No Man's Land? No Man's Land? Is that what it's called? I, no Man's Land update? I, I gave up. <laughs> you gave up? Okay. I want to say, for those who haven't given up, if you update the app right now, you get a bonus 24-hour gas and 24-hour double XP. So, get really? on maybe, it. I, maybe I'll try again. Until December 5th. And uh, Tara is the special character you can recruit. And I don't know, like, the new characters they've been adding, I've been pretty consistently getting because it's only, like, 60 tokens. And they give you a ton of radios to like call the bonus line and say, "Hey, Tara, what up?" So is that what you said? I did, yeah. And I almost got her. I need like four more tokens. So yeah, well, I'm still mad about the whole Rick Grimes thing. So I don't ah, know. I've given up hope that I'll ever have Rick or like any of the two or any of the hundred plus token ones. Like that's I want. I want Abraham is what I want. Yeah, I get the dream team back because yeah, I have Glenn so, like, on my team. Why are Dingleberries brown? Just the way shit is. I miss that. I miss that man. <laughs> is he like that in the comics? Like, or is that like? Uh, not so. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got his one-liners in the comics, but they're. I think this actor just brought it out the best of him. I like. I do like the line from one of the episodes where they're basically like, he had the ability to make you laugh and cringe <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Yep. I was like, yeah, he does. He really does. <clears throat> so we do have. Uh, what do we got? Like. Nine episodes of The Walking Dead to talk about? Two. Two. Close, though. Two? But it feels like nine. Yeah, they were kind of dragging out. But before we do that, I want to hear a little bit of, uh... Resident Evil. Ryan? Yeah. I'm cool. What movie did you watch? I watched Resident Evil Afterlife, the fourth film in the series, and, uh... Now you're halfway through. Yeah, past the halfway point, I guess. Yeah, you're right. That is a, a silver lining, if we were to say. But I think the Resident Evil films are following the e- or odd, good, even, bad. And, and all in perspective of the whole things. So I'm not saying, like, the first and third Resident Evil movies are by far the greatest thing to grace cinema since, I don't know, something of a good film. But, but they're at least watchable. They're watchable yeah. films. Three is very presentable until the very end when the plastic monster shows up. One is very mm. presentable. Uh, it, the effects don't hold up as well, but it's still really good, and I will stand by that. Four is... Uh, I actually took notes. Where did I, where I put my notes somewhere here. I took notes as I was watching. I film-sacked this thing and took notes as I was watching. So, like... This movie definitely came out, like, I was getting the sense that it came out during that 3D craze where, like, all the films were, like, adding the, whoa, at the camera type stuff. This movie well, came yeah. out a year after Avatar. 
So well, this yeah, this because there was like a whole big thing Afterlife 3D, wasn't there? Like you can I go see it in 3D. Yeah, so this has <laughs> a lot of those like action scenes, and whenever there's an action scene, they throw something at the camera, whether it's uh, yeah, uh, they fill their shotguns with coins, and the coins go at the camera, and uh, it's it's pretty hokey, and I I don't know how anybody thought those moments in film would translate past the 3d woeness you know like on normal screens it just looks fake and overblown but uh yeah and it like takes care that the action scene in japan at the very beginning takes care of the ending of extinction like almost immediately it's like i'm gonna go to japan and kill all y'all and then she goes to japan with all her clones and all the clones die and only the original alice escapes with wesker so yeah. it's like Boy. that's right wesker's in this one right yeah yeah, yeah he's a different up. actor is it a different actor yeah so it's uh, yeah they cha- they change the actor in almost every movie yeah so i mean i'm not gonna necessarily fault it for changing the wesker actor because like he's it's not hard to play wesker just talk real slow and wear sunglasses and kind of look lamely badass blonde hair right yeah and uh i don't know the 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 actors in this that they add to the like the extra actors that they add to sort of fill out the uh the cast nothing special uh nothing really to write home about like all the cool people that they introduced in three are nowhere to be found so they're sort they they spend i think the entire movie in a bunker you know in stasis you don't even see them until the very end uh, and this one has another lame plastic uh, monster, and that award goes to the Resident Evil 4 Hammer Bro. He shows up, <laughs> and inexplicably... Now, I will give them credit. They take care of him pretty quickly. He, but he shows up for no reason. They don't explain why. He just shows up, and they dispatch him in an overdrawn, cool, slow-mo you know, action sequence, but... There's no ex- there's no at least in the other movies there was an exclamation for ex- exclamation for this uh giant plastic monster for showing yeah. up. <laughs> you know, and this one is just like I don't know, what was the monster in Resident Evil 4? That guy who dragged the axe and was huge. Get him. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like I I remember that now that you say that the being in the movie part, I remember going, "Really?" Yeah. They gotta it, bring this guy in. You know, they introduce, they bring Chris Redfield in, and, and Claire has amnesia, so she's like, I don't, you're not my brother, I don't know who you are. And and, um, and magically, there's no more desert apocalypse of Road Warrior. Yeah. yeah, they kind of they kind of established in 3 that the whole world had turned to dust. So then, when they get to this next film, it's like all of a sudden they're back to skyscrapers, and Alaska looks beautiful. They spend all of five minutes in Alaska. <clears throat> so she's like flying all around for no particular reason. So it's like the movies spread out only because of the shit they they mentioned in the third one. Excuse me, getting broken up here. So it's I I appreciate them sort of like addressing things they said, like, but uh, it just feels very tiresome to have them Japan, then Alaska, then Hollywood, then a boat. Uh, but I don't know, like. Th- it has interesting action moments, and the story technically hey, makes sense, but... Was this the one where, like... I, I'm trying to remember the 3D thing. Like, Wesker threw his glasses in 3D at them. Yeah, and then Chris freaking yep. catches them midair for yeah, some stupid okay. reason. Like, Okay, yeah. I remember Chris it was being... stupid. Yeah, it was stupid. I remember Chris being, like, badass in the games. And Claire, they play Claire off so well as being this badass character, but Chris just comes off as a freaking moron. Yeah, right. Like, the bad guy throws his glasses at him. Like, okay, what is he thinking? Hmm, they're secret agent glasses, so they're they're a weapon, so I better catch them? No, you're going to yeah, get yeah. out of the freaking way. It's like, are you trying to save the glasses because they're cool glasses? <laughs> I, 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 I'm being a little hard on this film, but um, once again, they end it with... Uh, dun 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 cliffhanger like tune into the next film and it and it is literally resident evil 5 where um jill valentine comes back and she's got the controlling bit on her chest uh and she's got blonde hair inexplicably because i mean if you're gonna be evil you might as well have blonde hair right wait which which resident evil's next resident evil 5 5 was the one that had uh jill with the you know uh the the controller cleavage separator thing right uh, yeah, I, I don't remember that. 
You don't remember that in five? She was she was sort of like the whole reason Chris had teamed up with Sheva. Yeah, she's, she's being been controlled by uh, Umbrella, and she's got a whole bunch of problems. And yeah, you don't even realize it's her till like halfway through the game when she finally takes off a mask that she's been chasing you in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she does have a mask, and that's the other thing too is like you wouldn't really recognize her as Jill Valentine because it's like. It's been maybe, what, uh, eight years since she was in the second film? And the blonde hair really throws you off. And I I don't know. Like, I started watching the fifth film right after just to see if it would go right into it and cut as far as, like, the dream sequence. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'll definitely be talking about Resident Evil Retribution next week. Uh, and, you know, Afterlife isn't unwatchable like if you wanted to go back and say watch every resident evil film week after week for a charity stream it probably wouldn't kill you you'd probably have a lot of fun doing it because they are decent films but i have to ask myself how the hell have they been able to make six of these you know there are bigger better written better budgeted films that don't even get an inkling of a sequel yet like there's been six of these I, it's they do well in europe and i and i think it's awesome that there are six of these as, as a fan of the video game and a fan of of the medium of video games to movies i like when that happens i love that there are six of these because it's just i don't know people make fun of it but i i mean and people might think i make fun of it because we're that's what i've been doing for the last month but i do <laughs> really appreciate that there are six of these i don't know i just i, I i'm glad you do I can think they should have stopped at one. Well, I they could have stopped at one. One was, but then they every one of those films has a next time on Resident Evil. You know, <laughs> I don't think any of them end without a cliffhanger, and it's almost yes. like Paul W S Anderson goes into the studio and like, but guys, I added a cliffhanger. We got to at least tell them how that ends and resolves. Fine, Paul. We'll give you the budget for one more film, but no more cliffhangers. <laughs> and then they give him a cliffhanger. So are you kind of like, I know you're just kind of talking about it, but like now when you go to load them up, is it just like a whole thing of like just feeling dread or do you still get a little excited to watch them? Well, because I haven't seen these and because I haven't, the only one I was really not looking forward to watching was two because I remember the later half not being so hot. But because I haven't seen after this is the first time I've viewed Afterlife and like it's not a it's not an unwatchable film. It's got some cool action bits and um you know Alice is a very strong female action character. You're so much more positive on these movies than I am. I mean, come on, like the type of stuff we have to watch for this genre, it's still pretty good. I mean, but I, I, it's hard to excuse the fact that, like, suddenly, oh, okay, this is the fourth film, and we want to incorporate, you know, things from the fourth game. So let's make sure the zombies have the tentacle mouths. I forgot about that. <laughs> and they drag people through tunnels, mm. which they never did in Resident Evil 4, I should mention. So, yeah, I don't know, guys. You, you know, Lou's right. I do give give this series too much credit, but I don't know. It's fun. They're fun movies, but they're, they, I wish they were a little bit better. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some really uh, some new zombie content, shall we? Mm-hmm. Sure. Nude All zombie right. content. <laughs> Nude zombie. You know, what, you know what I say about that? I can't even do it. Do it. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Nailed it. Eight rusty cans of okra. And a bottle of aspirin. That's what we got to show for our time out here. Other than the fact that we're still standing. Rule number one of scavenging. There's nothing left in this world that isn't hidden. We just have to find it. That advice sounds familiar. Hmm. They might uh, just be really bad at scavenging. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> what Glenn told Tara uh, in season five. Oh. Yeah. So his exact words to her were, you know, 
the first rule of scavenging is, you know, nothing. You know, you just got to go looking for it. And so it, it just kind of struck me as kind of crazy that uh, here she is saying, because you can kind of see in the episode too, like you, there, I think there's a lot of subtle nods to characters in, in this show. Um, and I think that was one of them because she said it and you can kind of see her thinking about it and you thought about it and I thought about it for a second. And I was like, oh, wait, she thinks Glenn's still alive. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Well, as far as she knows, yeah, yeah. she wouldn't. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. Like, so she's here giving Heath advice that Glenn gave her. And in her head, she's like, oh, I wonder how Glenn's doing, you know? Well, he's not doing. <laughs> That's how he's doing. So we got two episodes to talk about, though. Um, the first one, uh, season seven episode, what was it, five? Yes. Episode okay. five, Go-Getters, which was the Hilltop episode. Yes. Okay, so kind of an interesting episode, right? We get to see Maggie finally, see how she's doing. Um, Enid yeah. and Carl. The, the Enid <laughs> and Carl stuff is just kind of more teen drama. I think we could do without it. Well, first kiss. I mean, come on. Got to give it to good old Chandler Riggs for sucking one back for the team. I don't know. I don't know why I said uh, I don't it like know. that. I, I don't know how I feel about the whole Enid Carl thing because it, it, at some point it seems kind of drawn out and like not fitting you know and then other points it seems like it it works pretty well but then again like she goes and kisses him and tells him not to do anything stupid and then he does it anyway (laughs) so it's like i don't know what the what the point of that whole thing is so yeah uh, that that was kind of a funny ending of that episode though with jesus in the back of the truck and then um you know (laughs) Carl pops up. I didn't like that ending. Like, honestly, the ending to this episode, we're going to skip to the end and and just talk about Carl, like, his progression of the episode basically being like, you know, I'm not going to protect you anymore, Enid. And Enid's like, fine. And then she raises off. He raises off after the saves her. They have a bonding moment. They hold hands. They kiss. He says, I'm going away. He hides in a truck. And then Jesus finds him. He finds Jesus by the end of the episode. Uh, That's how most people find Jesus, I find. Um... (laughs) (laughs) You know, they like kiss a kiss a girl, and then you know, get in a truck, and like, oh, hey, this is really weird. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I feel like the ending of this episode is creating more issues for this show than it is solving them. Where we're very we've, much so. We've talked about this in the past, where this show seems content to split the storylines. And I feel like maybe a couple people, including us, complained when they would spend one episode jumping between the five. So now they've gone to the moment of, okay, let's do one episode focus, one episode focus. And now now we know where they're going and they'll probably skip. As long as they don't do a, 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 a Carl Jesus road trip episode. <laughs> like if we can skip them driving to the Savior's compound... I'm hoping they skip it. Like, I'm hoping they just get to the compound and then they start telling the story there. I don't need the 30-minute, you know, Jesus, coming to Jesus moment kind of kind of thing, you know. Uh, so I'm a little, I don't know, apprehensive about the way they've ended this episode. Um, and they don't resolve it in the next episode that we talk about. And they might not resolve it in the next episode. I don't know. We only have a few more episodes. We got two more. We only uh, have two, two more. And the other right, thing so. too is, is, I think the biggest reveal in this episode is we didn't like really like Gregory's character the first time we met him. Yeah, he's sort of the one that instigated their get rid of the saviors kind of thing. Yeah, like they offered, but he hinted that they needed to get rid of the saviors. You know, so part of what happened yeah. is. But part of what's happened is partially his fault. And he is ready to throw them all under the bus to stay alive. Yeah, it's all his fault. I mean, and, he's, and he's proving to be a huge, huge coward. And Jesus is finally, you know, calling him out on his shit. And it's like, how does nobody else see him for the coward that he is? I, I feel like he's got season seven death written all over him. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I won't be surprised if he is dead by mid-season. Yeah, he's he's probably gonna get killed by Negan or someone before the mid or that'll be like the mid season finale, you know. Um, Do you guys feel like he, the actor who portrayed Gregory, was worse in this episode? I kind of felt yes. like the acting was like really over the top, like way too much. I have no idea 
what you're talking about. I thought it was all great. He's queuing up a clip, everybody. Famous rhubarb preserves. It just seemed like he was drunk. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like he, he may have... in, in, all, in all honesty, I'm pretty sure that his character was supposed to be drunk. They just didn't do you a very good job of it. Showing well, you he... They should have said it some... And you see him drinking at one point, but they should have said, you sure you want to meet with the saviors? You've had a little too much to drink kind of thing. You know what I mean? Just some, yeah. some little subtle hint at it. But he was definitely out there for this episode. He, um... Treating, the, treating these guys like... And, you know, and obviously he knows what happens to, to you know, you know Maggie's other half, and he's still treating her like garbage. It's, yeah. It's kind of crazy to watch. He is so self-absorbed, it's amazing that he's still in charge of this group. Yeah, so, I don't know, uh, Maggie's character seems to be dealing with Glenn's death okay. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, can I just call it now, I have a funny feeling she's going to be running Hilltop before the, before the end of the season. I I agree with that. Like they, they yeah. Well, the the way they, I'd say hint, but hint is the wrong word. It's more like hit you over the head very strongly with it at the end, where Jesus said, "I have a feeling I know someone in this room might be leading the hilltop in the next and few the, episodes." I mean, uh, the, soon. And the sad part is, is that even before he says that, you kind of get the vibe that that's going to happen. Yeah. And then yeah. he says that line, and you're like, "Well, we know where this epi- we know where this plot line is going." So what does that what does that mean for Maggie? Like, so <clears throat> if Maggie runs Hilltop, she's basically no longer part of the, uh, Rick's group, right? Yeah. It means the show is going to spread beyond Rick's group. You think so? They won't just leave her behind. Oh, I don't think they're going to leave her behind at all. I think I think that the show is expa- it, the cast will be permanently expanding before the end of this season. Hmm. I that's an interesting theory. I mean, if anything, we're going to be getting um, like they've done this in the past, where they had Andrea at the Woodbury and they had the prison, where they had for a whole season two main settings that they would jump back and forth with to tell different stories. So I can see them splitting splitting the load between Hilltop and Alexandria throughout the... I mean, that's what they've been doing, and, and I... So, my thing is, though, like, so what do you do? So, let's say Alexandria just gets overturned or something, and Rick's Rick's gotta leave with Michonne, Carl, and the rest of the crew, right? Like, they just can't stay in Alexandria anymore. But Maggie's running Hilltop. What do you do then as a show? I don't think that I, I don't think that they're going. I think if Alexandria goes, it's going to be because Alexandria itself falls. I don't think Rick and them will be forced to leave. It doesn't make All right, sense. But even if they do leave, what do they do? Do they go to Hilltop and? I think they start their own community. Okay. So you, yeah. So I mean, we're obviously getting led to all these different communities that um, have one thing in common. They um, all hate the saviors. Yeah. So. We'll we'll get to that in a second, but um, this episode kind of seemed a little unnecessary. Um, I, I wish I I wouldn't say unnecessary. I just felt like it was a little too drawn out. I think I could have used something a little more, a little bit more on the Carl Jesus side of things. You know what I mean? They could have summed up Maggie's plot line in like ten minutes of show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then they could have done a little more of the Carl Jesus going on a trip to the Saviors. That would have been more entertaining. That could have been the middle of the episode and the second half of the episode been them riding in the car telling stories or something. They could have done something with it. I I do have to say, though, the the whole like car blazing music with fires. I thought that was a a cool like let's mess with Hilltop thing that we haven't seen before. And I kind of dug that, especially with like Maggie getting a tractor and. You know, getting to see our characters do some good old fashioned zombie action, uh, yeah. I, I like that. And but that that being said, like, I agree where they could have like trimmed it down was the whole like Simon being the new Negan for Hilltop and Simon interacting with Gregory. Like those scenes felt like a little stretched out and almost like Simon was like just toying with Gregory and doesn't know how to get to the point. Uh, he's kind of like a poor man's Negan. I love the actor, like Stephen Ogg is doing a great job, but yeah. uh, the characters just, it, I don't know, it just felt, 
it felt a little over the top that they would they would go to Hilltop in such force, right? And uh, well, I, it I wonder. Just, ahead, it, does, it doesn't just feel like it's over the top. It feels like he's trying way too hard to be Negan, and he's not very yeah. doing a very good job. He's almost meaner than Negan is. Well, <laughs> or uh, he didn't kill anybody. But, you know, he established his point, and he's like, oh, now you're going to kneel for me. Oh, yeah, you're going to do this for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to Very... take this from you. Like, like even Negan, who took stuff away, Negan did it with a quip that made you laugh. Or, yeah. you know, this guy, he does it, and he tries to make the quip, but the quip is not funny. It's just, yeah, I'm a jerk. You yeah, know, well, that's... it definitely, there's definitely a... Um... Uh, a Negan vibe to him, like when he's making him kneel or do everything, like all everything he was talking about. It was definitely like a "Who are you trying to be here?" You know, um, it, it it is kind of annoying. I think the actor's doing a great job too, but like watching it, I'm like, really, you're trying to be a mini Negan? What would you call that? A Megan? You know, like yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just it to me, it just seems kind of crazy. But um, yeah, so. That episode itself was um, a little drawn out, but uh, I understand. We had to get a Maggie story, and I'm glad it was. seems like a little while after the whole Glenn thing, so we didn't have to deal with her sobbing over Glenn. No offense, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, you, you go over to the next episode, uh, episode six, and it's the Tara He story, but it turns into just the Tara story. And yeah, uh, she finds... Yeah, he's somewhere. Well, here's the thing about Heath, like... Has he ever had major screen time to line up with his arcs in the in the comics? Because I feel like that was one of the concerns people had from previous seasons when he was introduced. Like he he's a major character and people were excited. I remember talking about the casting on the show, mm-hmm. and then every chance he gets a, a time to be on screen, it's like, oh, but then he walked away off camera for a little bit, and then we now see him again. Like. Yeah. Is he like a famous actor that I don't know about that's scheduled he was hard just, to line up? He, like? he was just cast while they were filming the last season, uh, that new twenty four spinoff as the yeah. lead character for that. And so he's been busy filming that. So that's one of the reasons why he has not been in oh. very many episodes. He's the yeah. lead in twenty four? The new twenty four spinoff. Yeah. Interesting, that's, I didn't know yeah. that. So this episode it shows basically Tara and Heath getting separated and Tara waking up on the ocean. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's kind of interesting because, uh, she finds the Oceanside community and they are a bunch of women. And <laughs> okay. Don't say it like that. <laughs> they're well, a they bunch are. of women. They, yeah. They are, they that are threw me off too. Of women. Yeah. Well, at first, and I was funny cause I was like, cause before Terry even said, where are all the men? I was like. Why are they all ladies here? What are they doing? Well, you know, if I have to say, like, if you're gonna, like, men seem to cause a lot of issues in the world of The Walking Dead, so I do not (laughs) blame them. Yeah, right. But I was actually thinking as as soon as I saw that they were all women, my thought was, oh, they ran into the saviors, and the saviors did something. And then, lo and behold, that's the plot point that's revealed. Oh, yep, we've run into the saviors, and the saviors killed all the men. And I was like, yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, so they basically, they did what um, Lou's been talking about for, I don't know, nine nine years, was like, why don't you just run away from Negan? I think you mentioned that a couple times, right, Lou? Like, just go away. Um, yep, just leave. Yeah, and uh, they did. <laughs> they took a bunch of weapons and they hid. So um, they Tara kind of stumbles upon him. She gets washed up in the ocean shore, and they find her. And instead of killing her, they bring her in, and she tries to tell them about herself, and... Um, she, she lies, lies. horribly. <laughs> yeah, does a terrible job lying. The whole episode had a weird comedic undertone to it. Like Tara, her character just seemed like she just doesn't care anymore. You know, like she was like, "I, did, I didn't. Oh, I'm not that, lying to you." I yeah, didn't get the "I don't care" care vibe. I got the uh, "I'm really weird and awkward, so I have no idea what to do in this situation. So I'm gonna just wing it." And hopefully they don't kill me. Like, yeah. that was the... Well, she's sitting there and she's like, oh, you said you were on a fishing boat? Yes, I was. This isn't a fishing boat. Okay, I lied. It was just like, I'm watching going, what? <laughs> like, is this... What is this episode right now? 
Um, but then, but then you learn what happens, and they had a run-in with the saviors too, and the saviors killed all their men and any any uh, child over ten too, which is just scary. Um, so they ran away, and there they are. And so, I guess a long story short is Tara goes to find Heath with two of their guides, and I think Tara thinks that they're there to kill her. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're supposed to know. Because yeah, did you guys get any indication that they were going to kill her? Uh, I mean, it uh, made I sense. Kinda, yeah, well, it made sense. And also, the zombie that they had that, that Tara goes to kill is, like, already tied up. Almost like it was a setup. We're going to have her go kill the zombie, and then when she does, we'll just shoot her. And, you know, we'll be done right. with it. But it was just kind of weird because there was definitely no real foreshadowing of that. It just like if no, you're it watching was really, it, it was really poorly written. Yeah, if you're watching it and she just and like I was watching it, and she just started running. I was like, okay, <laughs> like there was no like one of them slowly draws their gun up behind her and she sees it the last second kind of thing. You know what I mean? Or like here's a knife unsheathed or I don't know. It's just something that shows that they were gonna kill her because. It makes sense to kill her because they don't want her ever telling the saviors where those women went. Um, but it was just kind of weird because it just it came out of nowhere. She just started running, and I was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. sure." No, I, I I I felt like um, I didn't. I, the only reason I I disliked this episode, and I had to remind myself that it's not really a good reason to dislike it, but is because it it was detracting from what I felt this season was supposed to be, which was the big bad Negan and half, if not more than half of the episodes this season so far have not been a, like directly dealing with the Negan issue. It's more just been like, yeah, another community under Negan's thumb. It's more been like a secondary layer to the, the very present story they're telling. Like, I'm not saying this episode didn't have Negan, Negan and the Savior's effects on these communities because obviously Oceanside was greatly affected but this was clearly a Tara and Heath story and I love Tara like this episode was great it was awesome to get a Tara episode uh and I think she's fun and and just genuinely a a great character to have around uh and even at at the end like after being dealt the, the devastating news of Glenn and Abraham's death but also Denise's death she still kind of like has this positive we can do it attitude and i think right. the group really needs that and but it's again it's uh it's just unfortunate it's it's fortunate to have a fun episode but it wasn't n- needed like we kind right. of we need them to keep moving with the story and i know oceanside is probably going to play a part well yeah so you got to know <clears throat> well we got to know at this point that um Everything is going to come together. So Hilltop, yeah. Rick's group, Alexandria's Rick's group. Um, what's the what's the one that I'm thinking of? Kingdom. The Kingdom. Uh, the Kingdom, mm-hmm. Oceanside are all going to join forces because they all have different things that they could use. Yeah, one has you know, guns, it's gonna be, one has food. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be one of those like montage scenes, like you know. And obviously, people are going to have to go back, and they'll they'll eventually be an episode where Tara goes back and. Tells them that they're going to take everyone out and all this other. So all the communities are going to come together to kill the saviors. We know this, right? Everyone well, sees it leading up to this, right? It's not. It doesn't take it's a rocket science. Deal. Yeah, it's yeah. Here's my only two things that really bothered me about this episode because I did enjoy watching it. Um, <clears throat> one, the zombies pushing Terra off a bridge seemed kind of weak. <laughs> uh, uh, that that okay. whole that whole scene right there, I just felt like it was just kind of weirdly acted like i don't know if what it was but it just seemed like the zombies were like instead of trying to eat her they were literally trying to push her off the bridge well she was struggling i, I mean i can see it but like the goofy face she gave as she went off yeah. the cliff was maybe that was it and there's a, um, a great behind the scenes uh video i saw that, that watch, yeah. and it's uh, yeah she actually did that stunt yeah because they didn't want to superimpose her face and yeah. uh it's interesting because her character and the actress who plays that character last season was pregnant or, or yeah. had her kid and, and she's she yeah she was pregnant and then i think she gave birth to the kid towards the end of the season but it's one of the reasons they sent her off right they needed to have her off camera for a while yeah so i mean 
uh, it's 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 nice that she's doing her own stunts and stuff, and it's great that she's getting back into it. But um, that, I mean, that moment didn't really bother me. But she did have kind of like a goofy, happy surprise <laughs> face as she was falling. Was. Yeah, but uh, the other, I don't um, know. the only other problem I had was the one walker that was not covered in sand happened to look exactly like Heath. Um, yep, every other walker on that bridge was just. Of a walker filled with sand coming out of every you know ear hole out there, but yeah, the one there was one walker that had dreads and you know it looked just like Heath. It, it was the only one. I was like, okay, All biggest right. cop out ever. Yeah, yeah. It, you kind of know it right then. You're like, eh, it's not Heath, you know. But this show but. loves to pull like they don't do a very good job at it normally, and this is one of those moments where they do a bad job of like. Yeah. Oh, guess what? He's dead. She didn't get back in time. It's like, oh wait, no, it's just a walker with dreads, like, and it's a girl. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, and uh, <laughs> and it, and it's a girl. <laughs> yeah, what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk real quick because um, Lou and I were talking about sure. you before you got on the show As about you how do. much we how much we hate you. Um, yeah, no, Should we be a were segment. talking about yeah. Oh. Um, we were talking about, you know, ratings and, you know, Walking Dead's ratings going down and down. And I said, every season this happens. Every, every first half of a season, the first episode spikes up and the rest of the half of the season goes down because every season they finish off a cliffhanger (laughs) and then they split the story up. And then they bring the story back together, right? It just seems like every season we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally that this season's been kind of tough to watch because this was one of the biggest, baddest anticipated season premieres we've had so far, and it happened, and we were all like, "Whoa!" You know, like, and I think everyone said, "Man, that first episode was just absolutely amazing." Um, and, In a you good know, you got and a- bad way. And, yeah, in both ways. And ever since then, it's been like one episode with Negan like that really showcases the saviors, and the rest is just the group trying to figure out what they're going to do and get back together. And normally we get that, and we're like, okay, this is a pretty good episode. But because of just the presence of Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is signed on for season eight, by the way, yeah, uh, it's, it's tough because it's hard to watch because every episode you're expecting that big moment of him doing something bad again. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of a pushover. That, like <clears throat> I, I, here's the thing. We have two more episodes left in, in this half of the season half, and yeah. what they do in those two episodes will dictate what happens in the, cause usually there's a cliffhanger that leads into the hiatus for a bit. And I doubt they're gonna do the whole like you know they'll do a cliffhanger but it'll be we'll actually see what it is uh hopefully they don't (laughs) we we did it for four months please don't make us do it again uh but i i don't know like they need to start moving forward and is the path forward before we get to all at war which we know is a comic book event and is what we've described is Mm -hmm. we know it's going to happen all the people getting together to fight fight the saviors but there needs to be even an inkling of that happening, and we have not gotten that yet. So is the second half of this season literally just like, shit, we should team up and like totally go after him? That's, That's what, the what I think we're going to get. Say I think I have a funny feeling the next episode is being called Sing Me a Song. I guarantee it's going to be another sad, depressing episode where Negan's probably going to kill somebody or somebody else is going to die, and then episode eight is going to be our build-up to yep now all the groups have realized they need to work together and then that's going to be the premise of the second half of our season and it's going to lead to some kind of conflict like the last two episodes so hmm. mm, i agree i think i agree i um <clears throat> they just need to do I don't know. something they need to do something they i think they've tied up all the loose ends that they can like they've they've shown uh Morgan and 
I don't want to call. I oh. want to call her Kathy, but I don't know why I want to call her Kathy. That's not her name. <laughs> Carol. Carol. Thank you, Carol and Morgan. They showed Ezekiel. They got us introduced. We haven't even seen Ezekiel since episode two, and he's one of the most fascinating characters that they introduced. How expensive is it to show a CG t- tiger? You don't even need to show the tiger. Leave the tiger off camera. I just want yeah, King Ezekiel. They can't. So anyway, my, I, I just realized that we still have um, Carl and Jesus, like. They're going to the savior camp. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think the next episode. I don't, know if they, yeah. I don't know if they realize that that truck is going to the camp. Well, um, they, they're going to the camp, and I have a funny feeling that where this is going to go is Jesus is going to get away and inform them all where the camp is, and I think Carl's going to get caught. Yep. And I think he's going to end up Negan's little pet. Yeah, so the, that is in the comic books. Um Carl and Negan have a, a crazy relationship. I think a lot of it happens after stuff. I think they're going <laughs> to do it. Be- I think they're going to do it before. Stuff. Wait, can you confirm stuff is upcoming? Bob? I don't want to spoil anything. It would be really yeah, great some- if they could start showing us stuff in this show as opposed to just so, like treadmills. <laughs> like, come on, I, guys. Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right, Lou. I think something happens with Carl. Um, we gotta. I gotta wonder how Daryl gets out of this whole situation too. I don't know if. I don't think he gets out unscathed. I. Th- I don't think he's gonna die, but he's not gonna be. He's gonna change, man. There is um one thing that concerns me about maybe possibly Daryl dying, but um I don't know if that'll ever happen. I'll talk to you guys about that after the show, but uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, comic book related. But um yeah, I don't know. We gotta we gotta get something good these next two episodes. Like we need to see. Negan really amp up his game to get people and like if Negan has Carl, that's one reason for Rick to get everyone together and stop messing around and saying, well, you know, they, we're gonna take this guy out. They need something that's going to be a positive motivation. Every episode has been like this whole season so far has been really a down note. Like, yeah. Bad things happen and then we keep meeting more groups where bad things happen and Rick continues to go, This is our life. You know, like, like, like that, that, like that's the theme of the Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) This is the theme of the whole season, and if they don't make a nice positive twist here soon, I think their numbers are going to start falling real fast. Because they have. If you look at the numbers for every episode, they had 17 million viewers when the season premiere happened. They're down to 10. Yeah, I think that's a lot of drop off. Well, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose a bunch. First of all, for killing off Glenn and Abraham, um, yeah. I, I don't think people really wanted to see that. And then you are gonna lose some for a lack of. There are some people that just wanted to watch it to see what happened. And then there's obviously the people that aren't a huge fan of where the show's going. Um, and if we if we remember, maybe we can post the IO9 website link that Lou found about The Walking Dead. That it's kind of interesting. Maybe uh, we can post Ryan it in the show found notes. That, not me. Oh, sorry, Ryan, not Lou. But um. It's it's definitely different, and you know, there's still things that like happen in the comic books that I'm surprised haven't happened. Like when Rick in the comic books was doing all this stuff for Negan, uh, towards the end he was telling one of the characters, he's like, "I'm just pretending that I'm getting along with him," you know, like I'm really formulating a plan to to kill him. But in the TV show, he's totally just Negan's whipping boy, you know? So, I don't know. It is it is kind of strange. And I would like to see the Saviors make some sort of <laughs> attempt at something. Not the Saviors, but our survivors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Two episodes. Any, any other major character deaths, you think? No. Just uh, Hilltop Boy? I think Hilltop... Is good. I think Gregory dies, and I don't think we see any other major deaths. Uh, my, it, my guess would be that the next episode is going to revolve around them trying to make more bullets for guns. Yeah. Ugh. We what? we we need. We just we need them to do something, and it can't just be like one great one great action-packed episode. Five, like seven six fillers and then one great cliffhanger episode like you can't just have seasons be built on bookends you need you need some some progression like i'm not saying c- 
cut the whole Terra episode. But again, you could have done that Terra episode and maybe even put more focus on Heath. Tell parallel stories where they both come. I would have even been fine with the cheesy ending of them both coming back to Alexandria at the same time. Like, yeah. I would have been fine with that. And fuck, if we get a freaking Heath episode of him coming back to... I'm just like, guys, you've, you've got Jeffrey Dean Morgan spitting one-liners at some of the best parts of the season and you have episodes where you where you don't have them like i know he doesn't do all of the dirty work but if he was really upset at the hilltop for for sort of having an inkling that they ordered the attack he should have been there and done something like i don't know i don't know i i'm getting sick of being negative about this show i want it i want to really enjoy it but and and i am enjoying it but i I really want to have I want to go back to like the episode two conversation where we were very positive about it. Like, you know, but I'm hopeful that next week will be better, but I'm not seeing any inclination to that happening. Nope. Cool. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it should be interesting. All right. Well, I think that should about do it for, for one evening of podcasting for zombies. We did it. We made it. Let's get into some feedback, shall we? Sure. All right. Go ahead, Ryan. Okay. Well, we have some. Uh, we have a question about music recommendations. Yeah. Hi, guys. I was wondering what music the three of you enjoy that reminds you of zombies. I am loving the Zombies Run app. I want to create a list of tunes to coincide with the post-apocalyptic story featured in the app. Do you have any album or song recommendations to add to my Zombies Run playlist? Any recommendations before we move on with this uh, with this feedback here? Uh, I just play this over and over again. Ham nom nom, ham nom nom, ham nom nom. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. So you yeah, can uh, you can find that on the iTunes store labeled Ham nom nom, the collector's edition. No, uh, I do have a recommendation. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, look up a artist called Buckethead, and a lot oh, of God. his. A lot of his stuff is just guitar rhythm stuff, uh-huh. and it might work for your zombie run app. Might give you the rhythm to keep running from those zombies. There's also a song by the Cranberries called "Zombie." Yes, zombie. Yes, zombie. Or you just listen to "Zombies in My Podcast." <laughs> you could listen to "Zombies in My." Uh, serious conversation, like the amount of of sound work that Bob does, you could listen to. The first two minutes of every Zamp episode. <laughs> yeah, right. If it's only like there wasn't show. a compilation podcast episode that working we were planning on, on doing. That you working could on to. it. Yeah, we're working on it, folks. It's, it's Excuse out. the shit out of my goddamn French. <laughs> <laughs> you should just clip it out. Excuse the shit out of my goddamn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're we're working on that. But I think Buckethead's a great suggestion. Um, the Christmas season is coming, so you could listen to some fantastic festive tunes. I don't know why we're all giving him, except for Lou, sarcastic advice. Uh, trying to think. I don't really listen to a lot of, like, music. Like, are there any video game soundtracks? Like, you could... I I often find sometimes um, if I'm enjoying a game, I'll want to sort of inject as much of it into my system as possible. And uh, you could you could look at uh, maybe dead rising dead rising 4 comes out next week uh, if you're looking for a zombie video game soundtrack you could always look up the music from kill all zombies because okay. that's definitely yeah. something that 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 has a lot of beat and will I keep f- you running i feel like like when you're running you want something like to to really keep you going not like um some weird drawn out like dawn of the dead music but like if you do like uh house of the dead music you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that rail shooter game yeah that's that's yep. fun stuff to listen to so i don't know i would i would stick to the zombie video game music mm-hmm. and try running to that i mean it might be a little repetitive at times but probably more fun than listening to um i don't know ryan saying something like this hum nom nom Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be something different. God damn it, man! There it is. Uh, <laughs> stop introducing me. Or introducing right. me. Stop intro- 
Anyways, uh, I also want to add that I enjoy all three of your interesting perspectives on the show, especially when it comes to Walking Dead. I think it is funny that Ryan is always the peacemaker and tends to always side with the most peaceful character in the show. However, if you look back to the early podcast episodes, he was the first to turn on Andrea and cheer when she died. Ryan, if you are reading this, I hope you realize I am just giving you a hard time. You guys are awesome and keep up the good work. Sincerely, Gabriel Zero. I do tend to side with the peaceful people, but... I- I call bullshit when bullshit's due on characters, and it, Andrea it, was it, a very... It's the Canadian in you, sir. It's the Canadian in you. You're the most forgiving, for sure. I mean... Has there been a recent oh, example that you can think of? Because I think Andrea's... Probably this not. episode. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I like Tara. No. She's cute. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think... Um, yeah, you, you... I don't know. You're. I would say that there's been times where Lou and I have been like... F this, the podcast is over. I'm not watching The Walking oh, Dead right. anymore. And you're like, well... <laughs> and you reel us back in a little bit. So I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, the show's always bounced back. Like, I mean, if you were to watch... Do you feel like, as a complete season, if you were to watch this show as a complete season, like, it'd probably be... It'd probably work really well. And it would progress oh, yeah. well. But I think because we're watching it week to week, and I am dreading the hiatus, they're going to end it on some sort of shoot type of cliffhanger just they're gonna end it with another death yeah but and i i don't think it'll be as such a bad a cliffhanger but it'll be like a moment that leaves us in like dun 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 where do we go from here um but yeah i i I try to be positive and i do appreciate the more peaceful characters because i'm a peaceful guy like i don't like conflict that's why i think jesus is really cool because uh he's a he's an ass kicking uh ninja man i don't know yeah now maybe you're right though in a culture where we're so used to just being able to binge things like i was talking to one of my friends so like you watch westworld yet and he's like nah, i'm gonna wait till i can watch all of them at once <laughs> and i'm like yeah. oh okay it's <laughs> not long to wait like with an hbo series you wait 10 weeks like it's not hard to avoid something for 10 weeks these days there's a lot out there to consume and we watch it week to week because we do a zombie podcast but lou i know you've held off on watching episodes just based on you know being busy or not having not being on a show or on a on a specific week and like you've gone like and had to watch two three episodes and i've done the same thing uh mainly no, well, and, yeah. and all honesty i've not driven to right now where the plot is going i know where it's going and it's taking its damn time getting there watching week to week for me is actually physically painful because i'm like yep Yep, I'm going to do something else while I watch this because I don't really care. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I'm no. being complete, completely honest. I, kinda, I appreciate that, Lou. I kind of agree. I I mean, maybe not this episode, but... I mean, the, This ta- t- Terra episode, like the previous one with uh, that we talked about... Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie Hilltop? Maggie, the Maggie, Maggie episode... I was okay with because I saw that they were going somewhere and I wanted to find out what was going on with Maggie and if what was going on with Gregory and the saviors and all that stuff. But this whole Tara episode, like I was like, this could have been summed up in like a half an episode plot line. Oh, this yeah. didn't mm-hmm. need to be a whole episode. Think of how many episodes this season so far could have been done. And the, I, someone was saying the Tara episode was a, a longer episode, like it was extended. I believe it was a 60-minute episode. Which is like, why? Why? Yeah, it did feel long, actually. You stupid. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, take that, AMC, and your 60-minute terror. Yeah, I don't have 60 minutes for you. Hey, uh, we do have, getting back to the listener feedback. Sure. I believe, do we have an Ask the Busy Zombie Lord? We do. Do we have a sound clip? We Uh do. Your penis? (laughs) Okay. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) uh looking back at all of the oh and this comes from uh robert hagen i'm gonna say hagen that might be wrong uh looking back at uh, back at all of the seasons of the walking dead what would you do differently is there anything that annoyed you so bad that you would have changed it uh lou and uh give us your answer lou and i'll finish off his uh his wordage Uh, i i think that um they could have handled uh the whole um we were talking about her earlier andrea andrea situation way way better than they than they did they took of all the things that have made me annoyed with the walking dead i literally don't know if i can go back and watch season three 
because her character is so obnoxious. Mm. Yeah, she just turns like mm. she yeah. goes from being one of the most interesting characters to becoming a useless whiny piece of crap. Now she is one of the Darabont faves and yeah. he exits season two. Do you think they like wrote her into a hole? Yes. Man, that's unfortunate. Because I hear she's like really good in the comics. And oh, yeah. I believe she's still around in the comics, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she's Rick's yeah. Uh, girlfriend. Yeah, she's, she's, basically, she's basically Michonne. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think the whole governor thing was just handled poorly. And I was okay with, uh, you know, in all honesty, one of the things I will give them credit for is they let the governor get away Mm -hmm. at the end of season three. And I feel like they mishandled the whole arc of the governor when he comes back. Like, I feel like they went back to like, oh, yeah, we're going to make another whole season out of this battle with the governor. We we, they dragged out what should have been one season into two seasons. And I feel like it would have been far more interesting for the governor to have come back, shook hands with them, and apologized for his behavior and marched off into the sunset. Like, I think that that would have been a way more interesting plot line for him to show up and be like, hey, listen, I was in a bad place. I found some people. We're going to go off into the sunset and set up our own thing. Good luck to you all. You know what I mean? It didn't have to end in conflict. I think it would have been far more interesting for them to do something else or for them to have run into another group and then the governor ends up being the one that helps them. And then, you know, they set off into the sunset and the governor stays. You know everything, what I mean? Everything has to set off in the sunset. Though. This is being well, very well, positive. What's happening here? Well, yeah, they, I, just, they, I just feel like that whole situation was really mishandled. Yeah, and if you, if you read the comics and you read the governor uh, story arc, the governor is way worse, like way, way worse in the comic books than he is yes. in the show. And then not only that, the stuff that they do to the governor is way, way worse. And like most of it you can't even show on TV or even think about without cringing. But um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It was bad. It was, hmm. and yeah. I'll explain it to you later. Okay. Um, yeah. It's um, – or you'll read it in your compendium volume one. Because that's what but, I'm going to uh, do. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> You heard it here like six times. Yeah. Um, yeah no, uh, the, you know, it, 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 the way the show it reveals it is he's lost his mind because he lost his daughter. And they make him a compelling character that you care about, but you also realize that he's a villain. And then the way they let him go off, he loses everything and goes off into the sunset. And then they make yeah. you think he's going to redeem himself. And then he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I was just laughing at the background. <laughs> um, all right. I, I think that's right. And I don't have no room to talk. It's not ask the the Bobby Zombie Lord. Bobby the Zombie. busy Zombie Lord. Um, well, no, but, it, you know, we can all feedback on these questions. I just, my thing is, is I think, even with the way things ended up with the governor, it's fine. I just think they mishandled the whole Andrea situation really, really badly. Yeah. Yeah, and you you never know what's going on back there, like between you know, real life and acting life and whatnot. So, yeah. Anyway, we should well, probably get to the wrap up, boys. Yeah, uh, Robert finishes by saying, "I have a lot in common with Lou in that I also grew up on '80s horror movies. I find myself annoyed with character tropes, and sometimes I find myself complaining to my friends about it. That is why I find the busy zombie lord to be a kindred spirit in the zombie fan community." Ooh. Go la go Lou. I said Lord. <laughs> Lord. Uh, I, oh, Lord. I have I have seen far too many zombie films. <laughs> I don't think you've far seen enough. Many. That's probably true too. <laughs> yeah. So we want to wrap this uh, this nice bow up. Um, thank the patrons. Let's thank the patrons. Patreon.com slash zombies at my podcast where you can uh, support the show on a monthly basis. Every little bit helps and takes us towards many, many stretch goals that we have listed there. We're also on Alpha Geek. We record live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. You can check us out on Channel One. We're also in the archive, so if you listen to Alpha Geek, we might pop up from time to time. But if you want to listen to our show consistently, go to zombiesatemypodcast.com where you can download all of our archive. That's right. It's all there. 
even if we tell you not to listen to it. You can email the show like Robert and Gabriel Zero did. Even, even? Info at zombiesamonpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at Zombies Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Huge group of folks there to post and comment and like with, like you do's on the Facebook. You can follow mm-hmm. myself at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob at Bobbert F on the Twitter. And also a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork you're looking at right now as you listen to this podcast. More of his <gasps> stuff can be found at joelduggan.com. A dot com. Thank you, Ryan Murphy. And as always, everyone. Today was a productive damn day. Thanks for Oh, listening. yes, it was. <laughs> Incoming bad zombie joke. I got these community jokes. I'm still going through here. Mm. <clears throat> this one seems. This one seems kind of fitting. Well, almost. Might be a little late. Hey, uh, Lou Page. Howdy, howdy. What do zombies eat with their brains? Mm, I have no idea. Gravy. Wow. It's like a Thanksgiving joke. Like, oh, right. You know? Your penis. <laughs> Your penis. <laughs> <laughs>